right, let's go. Let's go, let's go, let's go. It's the Plank Show on a Wednesday. Now, I want to make this clear. As I just told T-Row in the morning, we had a bit of a schedule flop. So I'm going to go ahead and apologize now for probably endlessly saying it's a Thursday. Josh will be my, what, checkmate on that? Is that a fair way to put it, Josh? You'll make sure that you keep me in check when it comes to that? No doubt. Checks and balances here. I will be your your guide. Appreciate it. Um, Big-time guest alert today. Our buddy Gabe Eichert is coming on at 1130 this morning, so we'll talk Oklahoma. I, I keep calling it the wrong thing. The strengthening Oklahoma. And... I don't know, Josh. I don't know how you feel about it, but I, I really want to I really want to continue to educate myself on all things OU collective, right? I, I want to learn more about what what we're learning, what we need to know, where are where are these student athletes? And I keep saying student athletes. Where are these athletes benefiting the most, right? And what's the reaction been? Are you seeing sponsors? Are you seeing fans? Are you seeing people respond? I heard I, Murdoch used a great term a couple weeks ago. I referred to it. It's almost, it's almost like it's crowdsourcing right now. But with what Gabe and Dusty have put together with Strengthening Oklahoma, uh, they've done a really nice job, and it's got a great aesthetic look to it and from everything I've heard, Josh, from people who are subscribed to it and use it, it's it's been a godsend, right? They they feel like they're learning a lot from these guys, and you know, I can I dispel one myth here real quick. I, I didn't really necessarily plan, but since we brought up collectives, there is a faction that uh, feels like, oh, now the only way I'm going to get information from uh, players and from Oklahoma is to pay for it. Now, I mean. Listen, those types of interviews and things of that nature with inside information are still happening, okay? These players are still going to do interviews with the media. They're still going to do post-game with us. Coaches are still going to do post-game with us. That's still a part of regular responsibilities. This, This just takes it to another level. I mean... I, I I've joked with Toby, but it's not a joke about like the fight in my in my house, and it's not really a fight. But you know, when I'm like, "Hey, we're getting ESPN Plus," and my wife is, "We already have ESPN. Why do we need ESPN Plus?" Um, you know, it's just there's things I got to go to another level on this. What do you mean another level? We already pay this. That's I would compare it to that. If you guys can take my daily battle, <laughs> it's a write-off, babe. Well, it's not a write-off till it comes tax season. But I mean. It, Again, these things for fans, I think there is this fear that suddenly, oh, my, I'm going to have to pay for everything. Even to hear from a player, I'm going to have to pay for everything. No, no, no. You're not going to. But it'd be pretty cool if you wanted to because it could take that relationship to another level. Is that, am I explaining this well? And that you're still going to get the regular stuff you got. This is just a chance to kind of put it on turbo boost, if you will, right? A little bit extra. A little, little more Real inside extra. access. How was your Tuesday night, Josh Elmer? It was a great Tuesday, and how how was your Tuesday night, my friend? It was great. It was fun. I uh, 
By the way, I mentioned how we'll screw up our, our Wednesdays for Thursdays. We ended up making this change, thankfully, to, to Gary Cavins and his incredible staff for being flexible with us fairly late in the day yesterday. We're at Cavins Construction today, uh, and we'll have Gary on a little bit later on, but we're getting into, all right, you got to start thinking about, you know, you're shutting down pools. You've got to make sure your plumbing's good for the winter. Gary's got you covered at 573-3048. That's 405-573-3048 or cavinsconstruction.com. But we found this out later in the, in the show yesterday, and I, I had one of those really cool opportunities as a broadcaster because uh, I got a late fill-in for Christopher Mad Dog Russo. Now, some of you youngins may know him as what has become the punching bag on first take, but he's a radio legend, and Mad Dog Radio is pretty much named after him. But it was it was very interesting, Josh, to do a show where – there was a lot of cooks in the kitchen on this thing. I'm I'm so not used to that. I'm, usually the cooks in our kitchen. Can I still use that analogy? Is that okay? I don't want to get canceled today, Josh. To my knowledge, that is an acceptable usage. Okay. And like I literally, I had to go just about segment by segment, and they're like, "What, what do you want to talk about here?" I'm like, "I don't." I don't th- there's a feel to this, right? I can't say that at this time. I'm going to talk about this. But it was it was fun. It was learning, and I'm not complaining. It was great. Eddie Erickson has become one of my buds. He's his producer, and uh, they're great people. Um, they really are. I, I, it, it's like dream comes. The only there's one more guy that I want to fill in for that would kind of hit my. I've filled in for or do his show, and that's Jim Rome. I want to do the Rome show, and that would be it for me. That would be. I'm like, okay, I've accomplished everything. I can retire now. But it was really fun. The topic though that drove the show. And this, uh, on this show today, you're going to hear from Gay Biker at 1130. Uh, in the 10 o'clock hour, Brent Venables made an appearance yesterday on Dusty Dvorak's show on ESPNU Channel 84. We'll share some of what Coach V had to say. Uh, they got into the recap of fall camp. Uh, there was the, one of my favorite questions, what's the balance between physicality and, you know, keeping your guys healthy and just the energy. So we'll get to... Uh, a little bit of Brent Venables. That's at 10 a.m. Sooner fans. 10 a.m. Brent Venables from yesterday on ESPNU. 11.30 Gabe Eichert. And then, gosh, Josh, tomorrow we're going to be at soccer, but we're going to have a boatload of Brent Venables sound because he's back meeting with the media tonight. So that's that's good. 7 o'clock tonight after practice, coach is going to meet with the media. But you, you want to know what my number one story ended up being on, on Mad Dog yesterday? Yeah, I'm curious. What, what was it? What's going on with Tom Brady? And, and here's why. I found this doozy of a quote yesterday. I want to share it with you. Um, I don't know if many of you are familiar with Rick Stroud. Rick Stroud has been a – let me make sure nothing has broken this before we play this cut because the way that things with Tom Brady have gone, it, it, it could have already broken. Oh, here's what happened. Here's why he was away. What are the assumptions that are being made right now whenever it comes to Tom Brady's absence? It well, was the Masked Singer thing, right? Yeah, and now the other one is that he's going through divorce. Well, let me play what Rick Stroud had to say yesterday on uh, Mad Dog Sports Radio. This is uh, this was uh, kind of interesting to me, kind of interesting. It's not a vacation, let's put it that way. Was it necessary for him to be with his family? I think so. Uh, did they have it planned before training camp? Yeah, they would have. Like I said, I, I think we'll find out a reason here. 
um, whether Brady announces it or, or it just gets out um, that, uh, that that is personal, and, and he'll talk about it when he's ready to. There is there is some there there. Interesting. Now, I'll make this very clear. It's really none of our business, right? The, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers said they were okay with it. Tom's teammates seem to be okay with it. Leave it to the hot take warriors, right, to debate whether or not this hurts the um, the Buccaneers this year and whether what it says about Tom Brady's leadership. Here's what's weird about it to me, Josh. Man, it goes against everything that Tom Brady has been in his career to just walk away for camp for 11 days. Does it not? I mean, this is the ultimate warrior, baby, right? This is the dude that eats avocado ice cream. This is the guy that, you know, is always grinding. That's the highlight videos in the offseason where he's throwing to – uh, he's throwing incessantly. You know, it's the, has he become a little bit more personable? You bet. We've got an open door to Tom Brady more since he moved to Tampa than we've ever had, period. But, you know, it seems a little bit odd that the dude that we've all called the ultimate competitor would just kind of walk away from camp for 11 days, right? Very out of character. Not something we've seen from Tom mm. Brady. It, mm. Quite frankly, it it smelled a little fishy to begin with. I don't like to speculate on – all the speculations are out there. One, he's reconsidering and he's going to retire. Well, if he was going to retire, I don't think he would have come back to camp. Number two, there's problems in the marriage. Well, if there were problems in the marriage, seems kind of odd, right? And, and I hate talking about this as someone who's obviously gone through his own personal issues on that front. But it seems odd that you would plan 11 days – at a certain time, unless that was – and by the way, Giselle Bunchen is one of the most famous models in the world. You don't think that, like, the British tabloids or someone would be all over that? Unless they are. You know, you, you worry about the health of his mom, but, again, they've, they've kind of made it clear, hey, this doesn't seem to be anything on the health side of things. Maybe part of the problem is the fact that we have a 24-7, 365 news cycle, and something like this, Josh, just because – just becomes kind of – what's the best way to put it? almost like a, a, a wildfire with speculation like this. Maybe that's part of the problem with this in general. It's uh, going to be interesting to watch how some of this plays out. Yeah, you hate to speculate on somebody's personal life. You do right. wonder, though, because when Tom Brady does something, Plank, that we've just not really seen him do throughout the course of his career, I mean, look, uh, Peyton Manning, Tom Brady both, right? Th- those two guys that were – really sort of the architects of that era of quarterback in the National Football League, what was one thing we always heard about those two particular quarterbacks playing? It was that these guys grind, right? These are film junkies. Yeah, they these, grind. They love it. They love it. They love camp. They love the whole entirety of the process. So when Brady steps away for a couple of weeks in the midst of training camp right before the season is about to start, and Tom Brady, in by his own, by his own words, by his own admission, has said, look, you can't be somewhat in on this deal. If I make the decision to retire and then unretire, that means that I'm all in, Plank. I am all in from the beginning of OTAs on, and then all of a sudden he, he's mysteriously gone. It, it kind of leads you, yeah, to, to automatically speculate, hey, what is going on with all of this? And probably sooner rather than later we'll have some form of an answer on that. 
the important thing, I guess, for Buccaneers fans, right, is that he's back. He's back. He's back. So fascinating world on that front. The ultimate, the ultimate competitor steps away from camp for 11 days. Oh, my gosh. I'm, I almost feel bad bringing it up because now the headline on the – I have I have Sports Center on here. Trouble for Tom? <laughs> gosh, here we go. Um, I do want to wrap the first segment, though, getting back to some Sooner talk. Did you happen to catch the T-Row in the morning show starring Drake Dykin reading every text message that came into the show? Um, I'm kidding, Drake. But – Toby had a uh, an online Twitter poll that they did, and I'm curious to get which way you would vote here quickly, Josh. And by the way, just to make it clear, we we had a similar conversation last year heading into the Nebraska game because for a generation of fans, right, that was their kind of introduction to OU Nebraska. The last time OU Nebraska had played was in the 2010 Big 12 Championship game. Um, on, and, and, again, that quite a way to send off the rivalry, right? But it also wasn't the Nebraska of Tom Osborne. It wasn't the Nebraska of old, right? It was, it was kind of a watered-down Nebraska. They're still good. You know, they were a really bad call away from potentially playing for a championship a couple years ago in that Texas Big 12 title game when Colt McCoy got saved when he threw the ball out of bounds. Um, but anyway, it's a, it's a long dissertation to ask, which way would you vote after OU goes to the SEC? If you could pick one of these to play in non-con every year, who would it be? Nebraska or OSU? Which way would you go? First off, let me say, both really good options, right? Correct. The, the history of Oklahoma, Nebraska, probably don't need to hash all of that out for you. Oklahoma State, what Mike Gundy has turned that program into under his watch, they've been a national power. Now, have they been uh, the regular Big 12 champion or, or this or that? No, but they have become a regular factor in the Big 12 conference, which is not something you could ever say, really, about Oklahoma State dating back into the, the Big 8. Yeah, maybe here or there, a one-off season, but with regularity, no, that, that wasn't the case for Oklahoma State. Mm-hmm. So Oklahoma State's a much better option what Bedlam has turned into as of late. I think uh, for me, though, it's Nebraska, and it's kind of because – if I ask you this question, go ahead. Which program can you not tell the story of Oklahoma football without Nebraska or Oklahoma State? Ooh, I like that analogy. Yeah, you can't tell it without Nebraska. And so, for that reason, I think that's the game that if you could play it every single year annually, you would go that route. And. That's really not a slight to Oklahoma State. I, I Like I said, I mean, I'd love to see both on the schedule as an annual non-conference basis. I'd like to see college football go that direction where we don't have these built-in, you know, pay a smaller school money type games, these cash-a-check games. I'd like to see an Oklahoma play in mm-hmm. Oklahoma State and a Nebraska both in its non-conference and then go play an SEC schedule. But obviously that's not the planet Earth that we're living on. So if you have to pick right. one, I think for me it's probably Nebraska. 
recency does matter to me. I don't know. I there, there is one fight that people are willing to have, and and I just don't care. Like it's not a rivalry. I'm like, I don't care. It's a fun game. It's not a rivalry. Who cares? I mean, what what are rivalries about? Wearing a T-shirt. Do you not get fired up when Oklahoma and Oklahoma State play? Are you less wanting to win that game? Well, it's not a rivalry to me. I, okay, great. You don't make a T-shirt about it then. Who cares? Um, it, it, it's still a fun game. OU and Baylor isn't necessarily a rivalry, but damn, they've had some fun games. And I would like to still play Baylor, <laughs> to be honest with you, especially with where they're going. That's, I mean, that's not a rivalry, but it's still fun to me. It doesn't make the game less exciting. I don't. I mean, part of the problem here is that Nebraska stinks. I mean, Oklahoma State's been good. Now, Nebraska, depending on who you talk to, is either on the verge of an incredible season this year or the ultimate implosion. But I think a lot of this has to do as well, Josh, with where both these programs are right now. Oklahoma State's contending for conference championships. They're they're playing good football. Nebraska is not, right? I mean, whenever people get caught up in the, you know, it's Oklahoma State, and it's Bedlam. It's bad. Even if you don't want to call it a rivalry, it's got a name. It's Bedlam. And it sure as hell is a rivalry in a lot of sports. It's fun rivalry. It's become one in softball. It's a great rivalry in baseball. I mean, in softball, they were one Oklahoma State win away from playing each other in the national championship game. In basketball, it's become, it's always been a great rivalry. So, I don't know. I, I, I saw Kendall was already all over it. I know Drake's all I I mean, okay, fine. I don't care. It's a great game. Fun game. It matters. It is. It's mattered every year. I was going back through, Josh. So one of the oh, we got a break. We got a break. It's nine twenty-one. I'm not going to get too carried away on this. I just wanted to bring it up quickly. But in me bringing, in me going back into the history, like I've done the last three off seasons with the classic broadcast, you know, it's kind of wild when you think about since since two thousand and um, gosh, essentially eleven. Every single one of the games between OU and OSU has mattered in some way, shape, or form towards conference championship. So. I'd probably vote Bedlam, but there might be a lot of recency in that, right, Josh? There might be a lot of recency. If Nebraska is suddenly good again, I think they might shoot back up that chart. Or what if I put a third? What if I put a third here real quick, just for fun before we break? What if Texas was uh, going independent and you had to choose between and um, let's see, who would be going to the SEC with you? Notre Dame was going to the SEC with you. So those are the two teams. Would you rather have Texas, Oklahoma, or Nebraska? As a, or excuse me, Texas, Oklahoma State, or Nebraska as your regular non-con? It's Texas, Texas, right? It's got to be yeah. Texas. Have to play Texas. All right, 922. We've got to break. When we come back, I've got so many notes from Brent Venable's conversation with uh, ESPNU Radio yesterday. We're going to share some of the highlights coming up in just a bit at the top of the hour, but there's a couple of names that keep coming up. Keep coming up. We'll tell you about them next on The Ref. All right, it's Plank Show. We're on the road at Cavens Construction on a Wednesday today. Tomorrow we'll be out at soccer in anticipation of their matchup against Arkansas over John Crane Field. And um, I guess back to Cavens. Call them at 405-573-3048 or online at CavensConstruction.com. I did, uh, you know, I'm kind of in my final days of consuming all the non-sports stuff I need to catch up on. And I, I did kind of watch part of one thing last night that was maybe the worst documentary I've ever seen, Josh. And you know me, I've watched a lot of bad documentaries, right? Uh, the Gigi Allen documentary was pretty terrible. But um, do you have the Fox Now app? Do you 
You ever use that at all to watch shows? No. Is it cool? Well, it is. It's really good. It's got all the like all the animated stuff and and the, you can watch games on there. And then all and they don't promote it, right? You, you get Paramount Plus, you get Peacock, you get ESPN Plus, right? You get those crammed down your throat. Fox really doesn't. So I I downloaded it last night because I was looking for a show, and this this documentary popped up, and it was called "What Really Happened to Richard Simmons." Now oh, I was man. a fan, yeah, I was a fan of the podcast when it came out, and I remember it was one of the. It's I feel like it's been like five years since the podcast came out, right? I feel like it's been a minute, so it was kind of weird that that there would then suddenly be this heavily promoted documentary five years afterwards. And I don't know if it's already been on Fox or what, but literally it was the first thing that popped up when I downloaded this app. I had to turn this thing off halfway through, not because of Richard Simmons. I've never seen, it'd be like us doing a documentary on the ref and only talking to you and I and a couple of other people that work at the ref. It was like, I am a TMZ executive producer. I am a TMZ producer. I am a TMZ writer. I'm a TMZ director. And they're all, t- I'm like, you guys don't know Richard Simmons. This is a documentary. This is a puff piece right now. It's losing my mind. Is he alive or not? What's going on? Did his maid kill him or what's up? So, um, usually I'm here to tell you what you should watch, Josh. Today I'm telling you don't waste your time on it because it'll be, it'll be one of those that when you're looking at it, you're like, okay, this looks intriguing. But it's about five years too late, and it's all TMZ people just interviewing each other and doing it with like the soft light, you know, the soft light, the really good sound and mic. And there's no empty chair where they come and sit down in it, you know, Lene Kakua style. But it is, it is really bad, dude. Save your time, Josh Helmer. Save your time. Watch sports instead. Well, that is a massive disappointment. What do we Sorry. think happened to Richard Simmons? What's our best? Well. Uh, theory they claim they claim they know and the only reason i so i turned it on here because uh my man gary cavins has hulu so i turned it on and i'm gonna wait till the very end when they actually tell you i've got to wade through 80 different interviews with producers but i think they found out that he's just like listen i don't want to be in the public eye anymore i think that's kind of what we found out um i mean he's, he's up not there being held I mean, in- physically he might not be yeah. doing all that great i mean it could be as simple as that yeah might be but did we hey Richard Simmons was a big deal in the uh, Plank household growing up. Not uh, that was that was mom. Mom always had the the idea that she was going to do the sweating of the oldies. Man, he was a big deal now. Oh, I got it's over. I got I've got to go rewind during the break and find out what happened to him. <laughs> Things that have shown up on this show the last couple of days, I never thought we'd talk about the malice in the palace and uh, Richard Simmons. Sweat Damn to you, the trash oldies. TV. Damn you, trash TV. Uh, all right, before we get to your Air Comfort Solutions, text at the bottom of the hour. It's the best way to stay in touch with the show at 405-651-3439. That's 405-651-3439. You can also pick up the phone and call us at 405-329-9000. I mentioned at 10 a.m. this morning, we're going to reset a lot of what Brent Venables had to say yesterday on ESPNU Channel 84. Um, but I did think this was pretty cool, and I wanted to share it for the for the early goers. What BB had to say about competition and practice. He's a defensive guy. They've got an offense that has had success. I, I think I shared this story, but during the ladies' clinic, whenever we were in the offensive room, Jeff Levy showing the, the ladies, and I think if you were in that room with me, you remember it, he was showing them some film from a successful play they had at practice. And right after 
Jeff Levy and Joe John Finley showed the touchdown pass, they paused him and was like, now look here, here's a head coach, here's a head coach, here's a defensive guy. Look how mad he is after that. They like the competition, right? Well, Brent Venables was asked about, hey, you know, that Jeff Levy's done a great job, uh, obviously highly thought of coming into Oklahoma, but what has it been like, you know, being a defensive guy and then needing that offense to have success during practice too? <laughs> uh, I'm, I've learned quickly to uh, uh, cheer for the offense and uh, celebrate their success. Um, I'm not going to lie, it's not easy. Uh, there's some heartache there. But, uh, no, Jeff is incredibly bright. He's tough. He's demanding. He's articulate. Uh, he's got a great presence to him. He's got tremendous humility, but a great, great confidence. Um, just got a great presence to him, though, when he's in the room. And uh, players uh, follow him. It's really easy. Coaches do as well. He'll be the first one to tell you that it's all of them collectively together that leads to the success. But, uh, he's got a great vision for what he wants and uh, understands the the daily work and the uh, organization and the detail that it takes uh, to, to put a great product on the field and, and then how to utilize all the right pieces in the right way. So um, I'm, I'm fired up. Obviously, he's, this is home for him. You know, this is the second or third time, I think, that, uh, that he has said yes to Oklahoma. And we've got four uh, – you know, we've got a bunch of um, offensive coaches who are all former players here. I think we've got 21 former players on staff in some capacity. So there's a lot of comfort for them over on offense, um, a lot of trust, and it really is, um, you know, you can't fabricate family. A lot of people talk about it, but this truly is. These are guys that have grown up through the game together. And um, so it's been a, a blast just watching them. Uh, grow together, you know, as a staff offensively. But but Jeff's a stud, man. Uh, couldn't be more pleased to have him here. You know, it's wild. I, I I remember Josh going back through the going back through the coaching hire process, the the assistant hire process, and you know I'm. It's funny now because you have some people, mostly Baylor fans, that are like, oh. Jeff Levy's offense has been figured out. This is before John Haycock and blah, blah, blah. And Okay. But I think what I find fascinating is I think that to me was a confirmation moment whenever Jeff Levy said he was coming. I think that was a moment where you're like, oh, oh, oh bleep. Let's go. It's going to be different. But this is, I think, I think the best way to put it is when Lincoln Riley was hired as the offensive coordinator out of East Carolina. Um, I'll never forget, may he rest in peace, Jay Cronley. Jay Cronley, longtime Tulsa World Rider, was the world picker guy. Uh, we we had a, a, a love-hate-love relationship. I think he hated me when I was on the air, but he loved me when I was off it. And we were going back and forth on email. And... He's like, oh my gosh, this is. And if you look up, I'm sure it's in the Tulsa World Archives too. Because this is the most embarrassing moment for Oklahoma football. They had to go get an offensive coordinator from East Carolina. That's where they had to go to get their offensive coordinator. I remember, I, I remember it kind of in my retort. I was like, Jay, it's it's gonna be okay, man. It's a highly thought of guy, Texas Tech. He's like, Tex, Texas, Texas. And he was just, I mean, in his mind, and I think some people's minds, there was there was a little bit of concern. 
What was the first thing that people quickly realized? He doesn't have an H. He doesn't have a fullback on his roster at East Carolina. What are we going to do with Dimitri Flowers? And, of course, and it ended up not being a problem, and Lincoln was a good offensive coordinator and a good head coach. But there was none of that when Jeff Levy came, right? When Jeff Levy was hired as the offensive coordinator, hell, even when Kevin Wilson came in from Northwestern, I'm old enough to remember people wondering, I know he's bringing the quarterback run game, but Northwestern? Uh Jeff Levy was the Newboro Uno dude in the offseason. If if he didn't go to Oklahoma uh, and, and stayed at Ole Miss, Ole Miss's offense would be one that would be talked about amongst the best in college football. So that's kind of a long way to get around it, but I, I thought, Josh, that to me, whenever, whenever Jeff Levy ended up getting hired and taking the offensive coordinator job, uh, and then add the Todd, the Todd Bates hiring too. Those were two. Okay, we're not messing around here. First of all, you paid the you, you paid what it took to get Brent Venables here. You made the commitment. I didn't really understand the value. Uh, now I do of, of bringing in a guy like that turnip seed who was just an absolute rock star. Uh, Woody Glass to help him out, who's an absolute rock star. But to me, I knew names like Jeff Levy and I knew names like Todd Bates. And when those guys came aboard, I think that was one of those. Oh. We're going to be all right offensively kind of a moment, right? Going to be all right offensively for sure with Jeff Levy, and that's an interesting point that you make, the comparison to previous offensive coordinators that have been hired at Oklahoma. Man, when you come in and you're bringing an offense that has been one of the nation's best each of the last three years, but oh, by the way, it's been the premier offense in the nation's premier conference, in the SEC, yeah, probably there's not going to be a lot of people that are asking the question, will this guy work at the University of Oklahoma, right? right? I mean, whereas there's been offensive coordinators in the past, one that became a head coach here, that certainly those were some of the questions that uh, we we saw and heard. We know Brent Venables can coach defense, but what's he going to do as far as the offense is concerned? Well, in 1999, when Bob Stoops got hired as the head coach of Oklahoma, who did he go out and hire as his offensive coordinator? Mike Leach. Why? Not because we knew Mike Leach was going to be what Mike Leach has become or because he told funny uh, pirate stories. Bob Stoops went out and brought in Mike Leach because he didn't like having to defend those defenses, and he knew the challenges of it, and it created problems. Brent Venables probably feels a lot of that same way, too. We'll have more from Coach on ESPNU coming up at 10 a.m. But when we come back, our first dive into the show mailbag at, well, the Twitter feeds, at Josh on Ref. I'm at Plank Show. Everyone should be following us at 94, or I'm sorry, at KREF Sports at 947 The Ref and at Buzz Tulsa with the Air Comfort Solutions texts next right here on the Home of Sooner Fans. The Plank Show, we're back with you. He is Chris Plank. I am Josh Elmer. Hour number one. It's brought to us by Van Hoos Fence. That's vhfence.com, 405-735-1167. They offer free estimates and customer satisfaction, just like it should be. That is their top priority at Van Hoos Fence, vhfence.com. So, talking a lot of Jeff Levy here and the Air Comfort Solutions text line already heating up, 405-651-3439. If you want to chime in, you can as well right there. Plank, what if Levy leaves the next few years? Dude, you have to understand, my mind just got blown during that commercial break. I don't know if I've quite recovered from the realization that just clicked. (laughs) The rickest Rick of the ball never had a Morty. 
Huh. The anyway, Reddick history um, of them all. So, a couple of things, you know, and, and that kind of that kind of ties into the very next text. I mean, literally, boom, boom, that we got. But before I read that, I'll say this: um, I don't think anyone truly understands how highly thought of Joe John Finley is, and you know, it's I could see. Because this could be a leech-type situation, right? Jeff Levy is a guy that if Oklahoma goes out and has the season offensively that we expect and think they can have, Levy's going to be a candidate for a head coach's gig out there. Now, I, I hope that we get Jeff for as long as he wants to be in Norman, and he's got an awesome young family, and maybe they, it's, maybe they settle in here. You know, I, we can have political debates all we want, but – Norman's still a really cool place to raise your kids. And if you don't want to be in Norman proper, there's schools like Washington that are incredible. There's, you know, areas, uh, what's the, I always call it the wrong name, right there off of I-35. Community Christian. Christian Brothers. Uh, yes, yes, CCS. I mean, there's all these, there's great schools. And so anyway, I just bring that up because you can, you got a young family. I mean, I, I'll tell you right now, I think Bill Biedenboe is still here because of this Norman community. I really firmly and truly believe that. And, uh, by the way, happy bladed birthday, Coach. I think in what Meredy, his wife, does for, for different charities and her incredible friend group and, you know, watching his son, Will, and his daughter grow up, I think that that's a reason why whenever it was, you know, hey, li- Leon, listen to me. I was just looking at something on TV. Lincoln Riley is going to USC. Dennis Simmons is going with him. Clark Stroud and Benny Wiley are going with him. We all just kind of assumed that Bill Beanbow was going to be next, and he was he was the guy that had an off. And I think a lot of the reason why he paused was he wanted to see what happened here, and, and this Norman community meant a lot to him. So, anyway, that's a long way to go around what happens if Jeff Levy leaves. I think that, I think that a guy like a Joe John Finley – if you want to continue the Levy way and that Levy offense would be a pick. I think if Bill Beanbow wants to be an offensive coordinator, I could see those guys working in tandem. And as this next Air Comfort Solution texter writes from the 402, do people realize every OC at OU since Stoops arrived in 99 went on to be a head coach? I think that makes it pretty easy to find replacements. It's a great point. You know, you go back, um, Leach, to where do you go at the time? Tech. You know, man, I'm not going to get him in the proper order, but Mangino to Kansas, uh, Chuck Long to where did Chuck Long go first? San Diego State. Trying to do this off the top of my head. Kevin Wilson had a nice run at Indiana and probably would still be there had they not have some of the, you know, issues with player treatment. Who am I leaving out? Josh Heupel's the head coach went from what? Um, UCF to Tennessee, and that was a guy, think about Josh Heupel when he left here, kind of had to rebuild things, right? Went to Utah State for a year with Matt Wells and, and kind of had to build things back up. So it's a and, – and Lincoln Riley obviously off to – well, here and then USC. So, yeah, it's, it's definitely seen as a place where if you go and you have success and continue what you're doing, you're going to get a head coach's job. But I – I think that there is a chance that he's here for a minute. I really do. And I think a lot of it too, Josh, let's let's see what happens with Dylan Gabriel, right? 
let's see what happens with how things roll this year. I mean, I maybe he looks at it and and wants to coach Jackson Arnold. And you think, am I going to get Jackson Arnold as my starting quarterback if I'm a head coach at somewhere like Arizona or Arizona State or, gosh, I don't know. I'm trying to think of other places where you have coaches on the hot seat. Well, UCLA might be kind of interesting, <laughs> but I'm just, you know, I'm thinking kind of middle of the wrong power five teams. I don't know. I don't know. But it's um, it's a good question. And one that, I mean, in all honesty, Josh, we hope we have to worry about, right, that things roll that well, that Jeff Levy's a candidate for a job, Todd Bates is being talked about for a head job. I mean, those are the that's the type of successes you want to see from this team. Right. It means that obviously Oklahoma was – generally speaking, at least for Lepi, very explosive offensively, that Dylan Gabriel played well, that uh, the running backs, offensive line, everything came together, scored a bunch of points, and probably even bigger than that, probably just across the board, Oklahoma played good football, won the Big 12 championship, played in the New Year's Six Bowl, all those kinds of things. If it happens immediately after this season right. or just in the near future here. Yeah, you want you want your assistant coaches to be in demand because that means that the program is successful. Um, Let's see. Okay. True Sooner. Uh, oh, hold on, True Sooner. I want to give you some time. Let's get a break. We'll get True Sooner in here next. 405-329-9000 off the Riverwind Casino jackpot line. 405-329-9000. It's the Plank Show on a Wednesday on location at Cavens Construction right here on the Home of Sooner Fan. All right, Josh, let's, um, let's get Drew Sooner in here to wrap up our number one on location on a Wednesday at Cavens Construction. What's going on, True? How are you? How's it going, guys? Good, man. Good to hear your voice on this Tuesday, uh, Wednesday. Good to hear your voice every day. You and Josh really do a great job as usual. Um, but I, was gonna I appreciate ask you, that. I heard a stat yesterday that I wanted to come to the experts on. It was a national show. It wasn't the other station that didn't know how to cover OU football, but it was, it was a national mm-hmm. stat. And, you know, for those of us that like to talk about, and I'm involved in this, about how Lincoln's teams, um, you know, degraded, went down, spiraled down, you know, from, from the 16 team on down, 17 team all down, how they basically got, you know. Yeah, they got worse. What, yeah, yeah, yeah. So do you guys realize, and, and, and maybe you can look this up, and maybe you've talked about it already in, at some point, but do you guys realize that in Bob Stoops' last recruiting class, 12 of those guys are still in the NFL? Oh, wow. So when his a, last week, oh, this is this is where I get confused, okay? Hold on a second. Is Bob Stoops' last recruiting class then the class of 16, or is the class of 17? Is, this is the 16 class, which they stated okay. on this national show. This was his last class that he actually he actually was responsible for. It. Right, because he, would, he wasn't the head coach in 17. So, right, right, so, right. right. I, I know. I just I, did. I get nerdy about how involved was he in the recruiting? Which of these guys committed right. whenever he was still the head coach? Right. I'm sorry. That's I'm, a, I'm that's a nerd a, on that's that. Half the class almost. I mean, I I know there were some great classes in the 70s, and but that's got to be half the classes. I mean. You're talking about Sermon, you know, he, he left and everything, but he, he he was in that class. I mean, you you talk about the guys that were in that class. For, for 12 of the 20, I'm, I'm assuming it was 25 or 26 is what they ended up signing or whatever, maybe 27. But that is a stat that just, I don't, and maybe it's more, maybe it happens more than normal. But to me, it was, it was kind uh, of shocking. 
Okay, okay, okay. Later. Hold on here. We've we've got we've got controversy here, okay? Okay. Because I've got the 2017 class at 28 commits. I've got the 2016 class at 21, but I do have the 2015 class at 26 with names like um uh, let's see here. Who would still be in the league? Neville Gallimore, D.D. Westbrook. Um, by the way, Will Sunderland actually had a cup Hollywood, of coffee in the league. Hollywood. What, which one was Hollywood Brown in? Um, in I, I 2017. I, I'm looking I, at it. Oh, you got maybe, it. Maybe, okay, they just Josh had, has maybe they just had the dates. Maybe they had the dates wrong. But, it, but anyway, as far as they, they said, as far as his last class, he was responsible for. Huh. I mean, anyway point is they've gone whoever's class they were whoever's class it was, yeah it's got to be this 17 class his class yeah. the, 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 the talent went down either way right i mean yeah basically. i don't see this is a good recruiting nerd debate and i'm not i'm not that deep i'll be a nerd about some things but if we want to I felt like Lincoln brought in some great players when he was here. I he felt did. like Bob brought in some great players whenever he was here. You know, there's some of these guys that I, for instance, and Adrian Ely, I like Adrian a lot, and I appreciate your phone call, True, but he yeah, made a bad decision to leave early, right? I mean, I, I, I see guys on here that are still playing college football. So even in that class of 2017, I mean, Robert Barnes was in that class, for goodness sake. So, yeah, I, I again, I think there's two truths from Lincoln Riley's time at Oklahoma. Number one, since that 17 season, right, with that 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 crew they had in 17, um, you didn't get the sense that the teams got better, right? I think that's, that's a truth. And then the second thing is they still recruited at a high level, right? They still recruited in, in classes that were, you know, top 10, I think even top eight classes. So – have your debate about whether or not it's development or whatever it was. It just, it's a truth. All right, quick break. When we come back, Brent Venables was on ESPNU Radio. We'll share the highlights from his appearance yesterday right here on The Ref.